Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Clear at Arena. This week we talk to new recruit Aidan O'Neill, discuss our one-all draw against City, and talk about VAR and why it sucks. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you gentlemen? Lovely. Hello. Well indeedy, thank you. In nature, in your garage. Live from Jimmy's garage, the Coast yes. Football Ramble. What a spot. Yes, you're going to hear all sorts of noises in the background, probably. If, a, if you hear a dog bark or a bird's chirping. Yeah. Or a baby cry. Yeah. That that'd might be, be me. That'll be Morrow. This is round two. We just fixed, is laughing. fixed the audio issues, which we nearly ended up doing a whole podcast, not being able to hear us. Yeah, that would have been fun. Might have been more popular. What, just hearing only Jimmy and the sound? No, never hearing in any of us. Yeah, well, actually, it was only going to cancel you and I, Josh, so... Yeah, to be honest, that's probably well, probably would have been a better thing. We had our most listens in ages last week without you, so <laughs> <laughs> if you can leave, that'd be great. Shot, shots fired already. <laughs> Still better Take sound that, than uh, it had no Neil's. It had um, nothing to do with Mulvey though. Phone wink, call wink. later. <laughs> yeah. A bit of a windy spot. I know Neil's in a wind tunnel, but you can still hear him, so you'll be right. <laughs> the sea breeze was uh, not not doing well on the phone. And he's drinking a banana shake. And you could just see... <laughs> so you got that look to look forward to. And he has a six-pack. If I drink a banana shake, I put on like three kilos. Yeah, but That's he also... Super annoying. Yeah, but he trains, trains every day, mate. Every yeah, day. but still. Doesn't just do 45 at the gym and say, that's Doesn't it, count. I'm done. God damn it. <laughs> Take that. He's got ah. me back. Yeah, to, be, got to, me back. to be honest, that's probably just that's just me talking. That's just me, really. He actually yeah. works out at the gym, not need a straight on Insta. Up my, <laughs> up my cardio game. Shred for stereo and Insta. Those Insta posts are after a workout, not during. Yes, thank you. All right. Um, start with our game. CCM one all with City. Ross McCormack scores early and Vidasic scores later on. 7,144 was the attendance, which I question. It's probably been pumped up by about 500, I think. I don't think there was over seven. I think they probably nudged it up slightly uh, just to get it up over that 7,000. But there was more, probably more than what I predicted. Uh, I think when we spoke to Mulvey last week as he was leaving, he actually asked us what uh, what we thought we might get for our first home game. And I said we'd be lucky to get six. So I think... Um, Saturday afternoon for Where's a your positivity, mate? decent day. Um, you know, I think it's a decent crowd, really, in the end. I wasn't there, so I don't want to comment on how many people, <laughs> but looking at the television views of it, then, yeah, 7,000 seems <laughs> sketchy. A slight stretch. But good, if there were. I mean, I guess I, I feel roughly the same after this week as what I did last week. I'm sort of a bit... I'm not... There's work to do. Entirely yeah. convinced, yeah. I'm not entirely convinced, but... We are clearly much better than what we have been the last couple of seasons. Whether, I mean, at times... Do we lose both those games yes, last season? Yes, 100%. We concede two or three times in the second half and completely fall to pieces, I think. Well, but, I think the first two games this year have been quite similar to the last two games of the last year, except that we haven't lost. Yeah. Last year, Well, last year we conceded... Uh, we scored early quite, like, quite often. For the first, say, third of the year, yes, we start games really well. It just yeah. drop, just drop off in the second half, which and is exactly what happened this last weekend. And last year, we would, yeah, like, we, like I've all said, we would have lost both of those games last year. But didn't we concede like fifteen goals in the last two games? Like eight yeah. in the last game, and well, it's five an obvious in the game well, before. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't. What are you talking about? I don't remember that happening. Yeah, well, <laughs> just add that to the so list of games hard. that never happened. I, I don't, I'm not. The jury's out for me on, you know, our goodness. We've got a fair bit of work to do. What I could see, in my opinion, is that we're a much harder side to beat 
than we were last year. Mm. Um, Agreed. But we'll need to, you know, spring from those building blocks and come up with something more in the front third because we've probably got one of the best strikers in the league. But utilisation of him was very underwhelming on the weekend and he spent most of his time defending and working hard and that's not uh, good for the composure moments that we want him to be able to finish. So we've got to give him more of those moments and uh, less of that defending and maybe a bit more of the ball. I realise what Mulvey's doing in regards to Simon being up front and causing havoc and putting the defenders under a lot of pressure like in the first half when he tried to get to a ball that he was never going to get to and caused havoc with Glekovic and a defender. I'm not sure which, how he got through 90 minutes without getting a yellow. Yeah, there was a lot of times where they were getting yellows and we were doing similar fouls and not they getting got three anything. And they got three yellow cards and we had none for the whole game. About time that happened. Mm. Usually it's the other way around, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Remember Especially last with Matty year Simon when, on your team. Yeah. <laughs> seem to remember Barrow or someone being sent off last year when Wilco was not get, even getting yellow cards. There were cards. quite a but few anyway. tackles where I was wondering where our yellow card was. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Was the ref watching? Probably not. Going off the refs this season so far. <laughs> Can I just say the last time I saw that particular referee was uh, one afternoon at Plume Park in NPL 2, Stephen Lucas? Just saying. He knows where you live. Is that about his level, is it? Oh, that's my opinion, yeah. Like most of the A-League refs at the moment, but that's another conversation. Bring back Strebray. That's a whole section. <laughs> I, miss, I, mean, I miss Strebray. It's, it's, weird. it's weird how football works because, I mean, the last two seasons we've all probably been complaining that we have too much of the possession and don't do anything with it. And our issue the first two games has been not being able to hold on to enough possession. The first half we did. We passed it out a lot better than last week. Yeah, but overall... The defence in the first half, and I think the defence throughout the game was quality, but for me what's concerning is what you said before, Luke, about crosses into the box and allowing 20-plus shots in our first two games. We're not Mm. going to keep on getting draws with conceding 20-plus goals, uh, 20-plus shots in a game... Which, you know, we've got to definitely fix that up. Well, that'll happen when you don't have the ball. You just yeah, clear it yeah. out. I, I don't know. In the second half, we just had no one really up front that could hold the ball by himself. Every, time we'd, break, enough, every time we'd break, it was almost as if Simon was showing for the ball. But as soon as he got it back to the goal, there's no one there for him to pass it to. And then he just and then it's just lost. And they get it back and go up the other end. And Which is where you attack. want him to try and hold it up by himself. I yeah. know he's got two on him, but, you know, he's got to do that job. They had their right and left back pushed all the way yeah. up. It was only yeah. the two centre-backs centre backs, yeah. were sitting deep, uh, sitting right back. And that's it. They had everyone else camped around our 18-yard box pretty much. Yeah. Hopefully we'll improve a bit at that and he'll improve a bit, of, you know, blow off a bit of rust. But um, I think Fornaroli's best moment in that game, and he was the danger man, of course, was after Matty Simon passed it to the opposition. So held the ball, got the ball, held the ball out on the left wing, went for the for, for a ball into the centre, and uh, instead of it going to Aidan O'Neill, it went five yards from him and to them. Next pass was to Fornaroli, and for, that was Fornaroli's best chance of the match, I thought. So that's he where butchered we, that, didn't he? Massively. Yeah, he did. He massively yeah. butchered it. We were very, so we were very lucky. lucky. We were yeah. lucky. But was that um, the CSA one? No, the one where he just I don't know why he tried to hit it so hard. All he had to oh, do was yeah, try yeah, to yeah. the cover the off the yeah. corner. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think probably Matty Simon was probably getting a little bit frustrated, maybe tried to come too deep to get the ball, but then the issue is when he does that, Ross either sort of has to realise that and then he has to sort of push up. And then when Matty Simon tries to play that ball, he's, say if it does go to O'Neill, he's way out of position. So it's not, it's not what we need at the moment. But 
Jeez, Ross got around. Yeah. He's doing a lot more work than what I kind of want him to do. He's tracking yeah. back a lot. Like, I noticed. I didn't. I don't think I've ever seen him play where he's just tracking back. Because remember with City, he was just the out and out striker that would just sit up top and just wait. There was a moment where Rolls was bringing it out on the left, and then um, Payne was pushed up right up, like where the strikers should be, uh, which meant that McCormack dropped into where Payne should have been and was looking to receive the ball. And then, um, I don't know, Rolls just... Oh, no, sorry, it must have been Clisby. Clisby flicked it all the way to the top right, and um, McCormack's just stood there and gone, what would you do that for? Now I'm out of position. The ball's up there. I'm nowhere near it to receive it. You know, what are we going to do? He yeah. is doing a lot of work for someone that has played two games of football in the last six months. So let's hope it's just combinations, you know. And, do you think he's trying to rust. do too much? No. Are we asking him to do too much? Mm. Well, I think he's working hard, but we're not rewarding that work. We need to get him on the ball more. Yeah. And in the like, right areas of yeah, the pitch. Because like Mike Mulvey said, when he gets, he wants him to get on the ball because he's not sort of... When you look at some lineups, it's either four two three one or on the Fox page after the game, they had it as a four four two, which both aren't really right. He's not really playing as number 10. He's sort of a roaming sort of across that sort of front third and but he's just not on the ball enough and that's where I don't think we probably rewarded him for his hard work in the first sort of couple of games but he's still one from two so Definitely. that shows his quality and Definitely. he had that one chance and he put it away and it was a shank yeah I dare say that's what we were talking about earlier that it looked like a shank but when you finish in the shanks you know you're in you know you're a poacher. Yeah. That was a pretty decent goal too. I think Payne did well to spot that McCormack was pretty much free in the 18-yard box. And the, Ro- the Rockers' um, attempted clearance was a shocker. Really it went straight back to us. Yeah. And Payne did well to find McCormack. And obviously when I f- when Ross is in that spot, you expect him to score well, 100,000 times out of 100,000 times. So I think that's what we need to do more of, obviously, to get him in those areas and give him the ball. In the, as soon If we're in the box, try and get him the ball, and if he has some space, then most times out of most times and then not, he's going to put it away. Because he has so many, he has so many different tools. One of them's probably not sort of you getting behind, sort of play on the shoulder. But as we saw with the free kick, he has that. He's definitely a poacher, and he has the smarts. From when he scored that goal, he realised sort of the situation very quickly and made the right one run. And then Connor Payne obviously played the right ball too. So he's got speed is not his thing. So that's where we need to get him on the ball in that number 10 area, even though he's not really playing as a number 10, to be able to either get on the end of some through balls from the midfield or for him to sort of maybe set up a Matty Simon or a Connor Payne. I thought another real positive for us was uh, set pieces, where we've struggled to have decent set pieces over a number of years now. Who was on corner duty on the weekend? Was well, it Clisby? I think Clisby took the ones that were on the right-hand side, McGlinchey so in-swingers. Well. And, yeah, it might have been McGlinchey on the other side most of the time mm. taking in-swingers there. So so we had good free kicks um, that Ross McCormick took and uh, nearly scored off. We had good corners, whereas some of the corners and, and set pieces we've had over the last few years are that didn't clear the first man or yeah. floated in there to, you know, 10 people standing under it. With all due respect to Monty, because we all obviously love him, but his corners Floaters. were nightmare. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't... Not a corner taker. So, I mean, he's probably the most accurate out there, though. Yeah. With that team. Yeah, easily. But, I mean, in terms of the defensively, though, I thought last week we were probably a little bit critical of our wide players sort of thing. But I thought Rolls had a much better game this week. Um, Clisby, I mean, I don't want to... fiance's making my son cry. 
<laughs> obviously. Um, I think Clisby, I don't want to put him completely at blame for the goal because there was obviously, you know, sort of a massive sort of ping pong that's that sort of happened in the box. Yeah, I was but about to say, that's a, that was a very real ping pong. Yeah, the ping, way pinball, I mean. the way that he defended it out wide to let that cross get in so easily, I just think was, it just wasn't really good enough. He, he clearly showed him way too much of the line and in that sort of a situation, you have to try and show him the inside and get him back into sort of where all where all sort of the chaos is where he can't get in that sort of a dangerous ball and he just made life very easy for them and it was it was a very sloppy goal to concede so late. And we had two out there, didn't we? Weren't Clisby and or close to that and mm. uh was it McGree who went round them? I'm pretty um, sure it was a little yeah. too easily and made a good ball and the rest after that ball's flying around in this you know box like that. Yeah. The shot from outside was off target, but somebody neatly stuck their head on it and then it ended up back in that little mixer yeah. there and balls were going yeah it was yeah it was not good but i thought um obviously rolls obviously made the made the team of the week i thought he had a much better game this week probably going forward and defensively because he made another cracking challenge as well in the first half yeah. sort of he comes very similar car. to last week looked more com- confident as well i hope everyone can hear that car going it's past a, uh, purple cortina <laughs> capri <laughs> Yeah, Capri with a V8. It's a big block here. Lovely, lovely. I thought um, the Coast Football Hot Rod podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're out in the wilderness. uh, I thought Cisse was much better this week with the ball and without. Whereas last week he just looked uncomfortable with the ball, but this week, um, sort of playing out from the back, he looked looked much more comfortable than we did last week. The defense as a whole, I thought, was a lot better than last week. Yeah, they definitely weren't getting in behind as much as what Brisbane did. Undefeated, mate. I think we handled Fornaroli pretty well. Well, Cissé got a hold of Fornaroli in one instance and we were pretty lucky to get away with it. But um, I thought every every time Fornaroli was showing for the ball, Cissé was on him and stuck to him like glue, would not give him an inch of space. And I think he played that really well and kept Fornaroli decently quiet, which is a pretty tough task to do for a player of his quality. But if he wants to fall down like that, Fornaroli, and that's what I call it, fall down like that. Then Fall down a rolly? Fall down like that. Fall a rolly? Fall a rolly. Fall a rolly. Then you can't, be, you can't be holding on to the player's shorts because as soon as the VAR sees that, mm. well, yeah. six and one, half a dozen the other. <coughs> I thought for sure they were going to call that. When, when it went to the VAR, I thought they were, they were going to – I didn't think they were going to give a pen – but I thought they were going to give the foul because it started outside the box. That's why. If they, did, if, the they gave, if they gave a pen for that, if they gave a pen for that, I would have walked out but for sure. I did read something on the weekend that uh, apparently with holding, it doesn't matter where it starts. But who was holding who? So I don't know whether the that's replay right or not. immediately well, showed that Fornaroli it was a fifty-fifty. Yeah, but Fornaroli had hold of Cissé's shorts, so they both yeah. had hold of each other. Yeah. But you use those those situations. Definitely seen it. Given. Almost always go towards the attacker. Well, they do, they have in the past, but let's remember that we have a completely new refereeing system. So when the VAR sees that, then he sees two players it's holding just each just other. Just as garbage yeah. as the old one. I'm, mm. I'm not suggesting that's the right decision, even necessarily. But that's it was what's risky. Seen. I think we can all definitely we can all probably agree with that. Yeah. Risky. What about Orr being dropped? Was that a surprise? He's not as quick as I thought he'd be. Yeah, he's I a can bit, see why he's not playing. He hasn't. He's sort of lost his pace, which is a bit concerning since he's only what twenty six. He was a lot faster when he was younger, wasn't he? I yes. think he'll. I think he'll find his way into the team. I think it was probably closer that selection than maybe it looked at training last Thursday. Then Mick and I were Mick Komet and I were um, were thinking that it appeared that 
it was a playoff between Payne and Orr for that spot. But watching that training session, we probably both left there thinking that Orr was the more likely to get the spot. Um, and and uh, it turned out that that wasn't the case. So I think it's pretty close. And I just think it's um, maybe that uh, Connor Payne's had a full off-season, full pre-season, if he, you like, whereas Orr He did hasn't. have a good game. And uh, yeah, and uh, he scored in the previous game, so that yeah. would have given him the rails run, if you like. And so yeah, maybe Orr just didn't do enough. Um, I'd like I'd like to see his crosses improve, um, but yeah, he didn't. Re- he wasn't really effective after he came on. What do think- we What do we think of McGlinchey on the right? I thought he was okay. Yeah, he did all right. He He, he did well tracking back. Got a few tackles in. Yeah. Well, if if we have O'Neill in the center like we did on the weekend, I've got no issue with McGlinchey being. Out wide because we've that's his, that's his best position. We've I think, got as a winger. we've swapped in O'Neill for someone that's arguably probably the better player in there. I mean, he was so impressive on the weekend, and I think that probably showed if O'Neill was fit last week, I think maybe Orr might not have started in that first game against Brisbane, and we might have started how we started on the weekend. Yeah, I agree, and I thought McGlinchey looked just Jeez, a little bit out of place in there. Like he just. It just looked a little bit out of place in there, McGlinchey. Mm. Um, whereas um, Aidan O'Neill just looked confident in there straight away. He was, he, he was, was so fan, good. He was fantastic. Yeah. So good. So. He was a class above. I think he made he made the most passes in our side too for the entire game, and he didn't even play the sort of the entire game in the end. And I think that's what really probably changed the game in the end because when he come off, it, we just really struggled to hold anything in the midfield. And I mean, with all due respect to Jacob Melling, he just struggled when he come on to sort of keep that same quality as what O'Neill did and when Orr came on um, it's probably part, a bit harsh to say that he didn't play well but the entire time he was on we basically defended and the few times when he did get the chance to break like we just sort of said he does seem to have lost a little bit of speed and he couldn't really make the most of it which is what you know what we need him there for if he's going to be on the bench we need him to obviously come off the bench and make an impact and there wasn't wasn't too much of an impact on O'Neill I just think there were times where, well, not times, but almost every time he seemed to be in the right position. And there was a lot of times where he was closing down and putting defenders under pressure. And it was really good to see. I think him and Tommy H in midfield are going to be a great partnership and let's hope that they can stay fit for the whole season because if they we can build a pretty solid foundation with um, that sort of midfield pivot and Cissé and Golek. Oh, just speaking of Golek... Um, at training today, it seemed as if Golic might have a minor injury, Aaron? Well, he worked on the bike rather than on the pitch with everybody else. Everyone else was on the pitch um, and he didn't put on the boots at all. So, But this is just a recovery session and uh, the word we were getting was that uh, he, was he just right. needs a little bit of a rest at the start of the week here. So so hopefully that comes good. Um, just just not, not jumping off the O'Neill thing for a second, I, is it wrong for me to have enjoyed his first tackle on Luke Bratton? That was great. Oh, yeah, it was a good one. I did love that. I enjoyed so, Matt Salmon's tackle on uh, Galekovic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a cry baby, buddy Galekovic is. He just screamed at him to F off. Salmon was just letting, letting him know he was there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he, he did stand on his hand, I think. <laughs> ah, that's, right. that's what he was saying. Get over it. He, he got hand. gloves on. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I enjoyed that from Matty. You know, like there was a lot of talk about him coming back to the club and whether we would start games or not, but... The game that he played, I thought he was okay, and that sort of, you know, making that second effort to try and make make something work or get something going hasn't been there for the last few years. I think he just he just does need to be careful because I think on the weekend he did get probably lucky to not he get a lucky. yellow, yeah. yeah, and then he he has that habit of 
trying to close down the the opposite team's defensive line when they have the ball. And leaving a foot and in. Nine times out of ten, he leaves a foot in and yeah. just cleans them up. And I think he's good for at least two or three there was, red cards. There was, one time, <laughs> there was one time he got Schenkenfeld really good. Yeah. And I was like, that probably should be a yellow. And he's yeah. lucky to get away with it. Because I remember Schenkenfeld was on the ground for about a minute after. Yeah. Like, not, 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 not happy with the challenge, but... Yeah, more more of that from Simo. I'm happy with. Yeah. But it does. It is a uh, indicator again of, and we continued with. We're going to be a pain run. to play against. Yeah, is what I and, think. And we're going to have that spirit of not giving up on anything, and he's yeah. going to lead from the front on that. And so, if that encourages and, and inspires the other players to also play that way, and that's one thing I thought we did go the full ninety minutes with that uh, never say die attitude. We just had got to a point where we were. Stringy. Too much pressure. Too exactly. much pressure. I mean, too much pressure for too 32 long. 32 crosses, 23 shots. I mean, they had not nearly... It was probably two-thirds the amount of more passes than what we did. Um, there's not many teams that are going to be able to be under that amount of pressure for 45 minutes and sort of hold. It's going to be very, very tough. Just going to, to be honest, to our left oh. mids... Um, I was standing next to you, Josh, and I called, this is going to be a poor cross for the last, what, 45, like half an hour, 45 minutes? We've From us? Pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a couple of times where it just went too far, didn't it? Just went yeah, straight over everyone's head. I, I want to see him cut in more and have yeah. a shot. Because that, that goal that he scored last season against Victory, that was when he sort of faked to go for the cross, cut inside on his right and put it top bins. So, yeah, more of that. Adelaide, was it? No, it was it was the, it was the victory. It was the last season, the victory home game. They added it was the pink pink round. Oh right, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. He just needs to work on his crossing because he gets out there and he just doesn't seem to clear the first player. Yeah, and we don't want to be the team that constantly whips in crosses to go for Matty Simon's head because it's an obvious ploy that if he's on the pitch. It's the Socceroos to Cahill the yes. last ten years. We don't want that. Yeah, and we want to find a way, really, to be able to get the ball to McCormack's feet so he can score. Yeah. That's what we really yes. want. On the floor, McCormack in the air, aim for Simo's big head. Um, Being reported, we've got 6,000 memberships. Who wrote that one down? Was that you? Uh, nope. Secret. <laughs> ITK. ITK, isn't it? Secret Intel. So, 4,500 full-season memberships, and we're up to 6,000 memberships. So, yeah. that's, that's actually more than what I expected. Happy with that. Seems I think like what a was big it, improvement. It's something to do with it, now they've counted all the junior memberships to put oh, into right. the overall total, I think it was. so. And there's also a lot of three and six games, but there's apparently more six games this season than what there is three, which is also good. So, yeah. huh. I mean, it's it's a very late push. So, I mean, last... I'm not sure what numbers the Phoenix are at now, but, I mean, last week we were oh, last, last in the league for membership. I dare say we've probably just snuck over them now. But it's very... it's. Very typical coasty. It's last minute. Um, yeah. See how we go. We've we had a decent result round one. We looked alright, and oh crap, the season started. Better go and sign up. Undefeated, and that that's what's happened. Now with the active or the lack of active, I'm just going to mention this because we've had a few people message us and comment and ask why we didn't announce why we you know weren't going to be there. Well, we kind of did. We did it on this show last season. And we all did it on our private accounts. Um, we didn't want to make a big song and dance of it on the main account, so we didn't. Um, I've been drumming since season one. Pete's been capoing since season five and a half, six. I think Coasty Boys was season five, so it would have been Craig. So, yeah, Pete, six, I guess. Um, and we've just... 
I've had enough. I've got a kid now, so he's going to start coming to games, so I'm going to start not being as active as I was. Um, last four seasons just completely burnt us out. Uh, we turned up, and the team didn't. So, And there was a lot of work and money put into the last four seasons, and mm. it all sort of Went fell nowhere. through by a lot of people behind the scenes as well that you know don't really get sort of noticed as well, but... Lots of people, their own money and a lot of their own time, you know, weekdays and weekends and all that sort of stuff. And it does get old. That round one very quickly. Tifo last season that we did took about, what, well, probably about a month in advance of the season or two months in in advance of the season. And it took a lot of lot of time and a lot of lot of money to put it up. Tifo that big can be anywhere from 400 to 800 plus yeah. dollars. You have to pay for the material. You have pay. to pay for the paint. They need time, etc. Yep. Anyway, so we're still there. Um, if you want to, if you want to lead, if you want to bring your own drum, because I don't have my drum anymore; it's gone. It was stuffed anyway. Um, I know Justin, who's been in the bay for the last five years, um, is keen to get it going again. Um, but just come along. We'll be up. We'll be up the back. Just come for a chat. We'll help you along. We can teach you the songs if you don't know the songs. Um, we're keen to see it grow again, um, and I think it will if we have a decent season. The, the people, the crowd in the bay is a percentage of the crowd at the stadium, and the crowd at the stadium is dependent on what's happening on the field. So, with positive football this year, hopefully we see general membership, uh, general attendance go up, which hopefully drives the bay as well. The bay can flux from within a game. If we start, if we go goal down early, the bay will empty out. I swear to God, everybody mm. disappears and at half time and doesn't yeah, come back. It does. And if we get a goal halfway through the second half, the bay will fill back up again. It's it's just the way it is. I think yeah. it was uh, Pete Pryor had a good idea of um, if you're interested to like message the Yellow Army account and put a, like a Facebook sort of messenger group together of everyone that's keen and try and organise yeah. something. Well, I've already got one, and then um, everyone sort of disappeared. So, well, and and please to the people that comment on the Facebook saying where's the Yellow Army, why don't you do this and that and have you know don't actually want to help out, please don't because that really annoys us to no end of people. But don't tell them they're going to troll now. Now they're going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, but when you see people say, oh, the where's the Yellow Army? Why didn't you do anything? Where the people that sit on the stand, sit in the stands and would do nothing to help us out with the active, it sort of annoys a few people. And I guess me. just on the not sort of announcing it thing, it's, I mean, when you think about it, sort of on the surface, it might be might be an all right idea to do that. But If we could you keep want it, it within the club. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, you want it to grow organically. So if we all step back and then all of a sudden a lot of people see, oh, there's not much really happening, which we have had after the weekend. We've had a few messages. And then that's when we'll jump in and help those guys to either get in the bay or get into contact with the club or whatever. That's where you want it to grow to. It's it's just, it's not how things work to announce something like that. And I think, it's, yeah. Because it's, it's almost like trying to get people to apply for a job. Yeah. Like you want you want people to do it because they see that there's an issue and then they go, oh, I'm, I want to have a go to sort of try and rectify that. Not, I think yeah. we had to let it be... We had to let people see mm. what it was like without active for people to go, ah, oh, 
shit, we yeah. need this. Yeah, and it's, I'm, it's time for me to stand up. And I mean, for me, it doesn't even matter if it's not Yellow Army anymore. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a completely new group altogether. Whatever it is, I'm happy to sort of back it 100%, which I'm sure most people are. It's yeah. not. It's well, we, not had, we had the Marinators first four years, then yeah. Coasty Boys for the next year and a half, two years, and yeah. then it's been Yellow Army since then. Yeah, it's not like a new group is going to come in and we're all going to be up the back you know, sort of like hell on abuse at them or anything like that. I'm sure we'll unless you dickheads, unless you dickheads. I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll be very supportive of it and help out wherever we can. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to put your hand up, if you want to sing, if you want to chant, if you want to bring your own drum, also, do so. Come also, talk to us and we'll nobody, teach you what to do. Nobody needs any permission to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have yeah. to ask if it's alright. Yeah, you to don't chant have to ask us. Or yeah, and it isn't something the that club. the club will organise. It it has to be organic. Like yeah, the club. Says. I mean, flat out, the club cannot organise it. Full stop. An individual's participation on any given day is an organic thing. If I want to be a part of it on any given day, then I go down there and I join in with the chance that are down there. If I don't want to be a part of it, I'm not a part of it. If And that should apply across the board and to new people, to old people, etc. And, and it needs to now organically take a new direction by the looks. Mm. Says the man who stands in the stands. <laughs> right. Well, actually, I do join you guys on the away trips, and I dare say that on the away trips there'll still be Yeah, but many the boys need us at home, mate. Mate, I'd already, I was already too old for active support when the Mariners were invented. Just saying. You're retired now, eh? I was, let's just say I was older than you are now when the Mariners started. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, the rest of the league. Adelaide, Newcastle, one all. Goodwin and Vargas. I didn't watch the game, so I've got no idea. It's over to you, boys. <laughs> I thought this, this was a decent game, but... Uh, uh, I disagree. I, I thought, thought, I thought I it was a decent game first half. without anything in the front third. I thought neither team yeah. really had a lot in the front third. Both teams were reasonable in the attacking midfield. Vargas and Petratus are potentially the best midfielders in the comp, I reckon. I said it last week, I think. I felt that Newcastle frustrated Adelaide into playing quite poorly. I thought this game was the return of the Friday night curse because it was trash. Yeah, it was garbage. I did not enjoy it. No, at no, all. I didn't say it was high quality, but there was yeah. like there was nothing in the front third for either team. It no, was it was entertaining, play. and that's what made it crap. Yeah. <laughs> it almost felt like the game was entirely played in the midfield. Yeah, for the most part, and I mean Adelaide, which obviously we'll talk about soon. They they have no front third almost or they sort of do but they have no striker like they've it's because Blackwood and they have no De- clinical finisher Deawara are, all, are both out so they've yeah. got no striker yeah mm. both teams were getting up to the front third and Newcastle were doing poor passes straight to Adelaide and then when Adelaide were going up the other end they would just run into a corner and get shut down by Newcastle I think this represents a lot of teams. So I did, I didn't and a lot of games. Lot, did I? No, it was rubbish. How many draws so far? I was just about to say exactly that. There are so many bloody draws already this season. So is that an indication that it's going to be pretty tight? Yes. Well, yeah. is it, it's tight. It's, it's, I guess it's a game of opinions because last week, um, similar to what you guys just said, uh, the Sydney-Adelaide game last week was reported to be a great game. I thought it was absolute bollocks. Opinions and all that. <laughs> so yeah. I was, it's th- I so this good. this round was three. No, no, but lots of people did three yeah. draws out but of five, was... and last week was I think three draws out of five as well. So mm. pretty tight. Reminiscent of the start of season three, and it's noticeable We're, to me that I wouldn't a, know that there's a distinct lack of finishes. We won the league based on the fact that we didn't draw like the first three rounds, and then I think every other club had draws. Apart from, obviously, the team that we beat. And we ended up winning by goal difference at the end of that season. Over Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was when the plate was in Adelaide, wasn't it? Yeah. But we, yeah. we, but we won it. <laughs> and who, 
yeah, Brisbane wore their their home kit down Adelaide in case they won it. Yeah, but it was a, that was a draw, wasn't it? Or did Something they lose? Like that. Yeah, I can't remember. But um, yeah, that that clash was horrendous. It was red versus orange. But um, yeah, so I don't know. It, I guess the team that's winning right now is going to form a quite a decent lead. If a team can string two, three, four wins together, that's yeah. they're going to get into a pretty solid hard lead. To catch. Right. Um, yeah. Sydney versus West Sydney after our game. 2-0 to the FC. VAR. Mm. <laughs> look, if we're going to have the VAR, it needs to be consistent. Do you remember the Perth-Sydney game from last year? This, yeah, this is yeah. exactly was, the same. It was, it was sort of like the exact same sort of incident, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, different could, results, you could argue the Perth, good. the Perth and Sydney game was worse because he was literally on Running goal towards it. Yeah, whereas this one was out wide. It didn't it was obviously, I guess you could say, sort of one play before the actual goal happened. And I mean, yeah, can possibly, you argue, it went though, through three Sydney players with Wilkinson missing it before it gets to Bonavazzi. But according, yeah, Vanderlinden had a massive air swing as well. Didn't oh, was it Vanderlinden? Was it? Yeah, oh, it was Vanderlinden. According to the laws of the game, is it the correct call? No. Oh, I think you're wrong. Yeah, but it's a massive grey area because I think it should have been play on anyway. Yeah, I, the player has I to agree. Be, the yeah. player has to be able to make the ball to be impeded. You can't just from 40 yards away, you know, run into a player and act like you could have got to the ball. And I'm sorry, Zillow just couldn't get to the ball. But where's Soterio supposed to go? He can't just vanish into midair. He's literally yeah. just standing there. Oh, no, there. don't get me wrong. I think Soterio intentionally obstructed Zillow. It's just that Zillow was never in a position to get the ball. So, therefore, it's no foul. And see, that's the part that's the grey area, though, because that's an opinion. Yeah. Because when the VAR guy looks <laughs> that's at all that, are, he goes, well, he could have got to the ball, so it, so it, he is impeding the play. Yeah, obviously is, that's the decision that was made. It's just... But I don't agree And then later it. on, um, the Sydney play gets brought down just outside the box. Yeah. Nothing. It's, yeah, and it just, it really did, it really did just ruin the, ruin the entire game because that would have obviously got the Wanderers back into one. it with about half an hour left. Um, you know, I mean, they ended up Did anyone losing their coach to the stands in the end after his goal. After how his how his good was ba- Babel's reaction? Was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. quality. Did, I loved it. But did anyone that's why see, got sent to the stands. Did anyone see Bozer and Co. on the A League Hour put up an example from last year of Bobo obstructing Julbich in a similar situation? We just mentioned that's that. Mate. Said oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just I'd, mentioned that. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Mate. In, in that, in that, well, I, I didn't talk about it, but in that, <laughs> in that. Is, isn't that the same thing, only in this case, Bobo yes, could actually exactly reach the, the ball? Yeah. Welcome yes. to three minutes ago, Aaron. Well. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Moving you on. Have you had a medication today? Or? <laughs> no. Well, Aaron's thinking about something but when we are talking about it and it's completely forgotten that we just mentioned that. Well, no, what I was thinking about was, what I was talking about was the f- disagreement in the opinions, which is that I yeah. don't think Zola no, could right. get the ball. You're Simple right. as I'm, that. So, I'm, whereas... Uh, and I don't know whether the example came up at that moment. I don't remember it coming up at that moment, but then I don't remember what happened yesterday. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but, an hour ago. But Jewelbitch, Jewelbitch <laughs> could get the ball. Simple. Did we say that? Yes. No, you're right. No, we didn't you're just right. say that. Why not? Because yeah. Jewelbitch right. could get the ball. Yeah, he could have got the ball, yeah. Okay, so yeah, last the year the VAR said no to that. This year and the VAR I, says yes. And know. I wonder who was in the box for that game. Doesn't really Obviously, matter, does it? No. All it means is it's still opinion after opinion after yes. opinion. It comes down to bad refs. It's just I'm... That's Look, the thing, bad that's, refs. and that's my my thing. I'm 
Obviously, I would prefer life without VAR, but I don't think it's really going anywhere. Because it's the, sponsored by Maccas. The, yes. The issue is the referees. The issue is we have shot refs. And maybe if you rewind the tape long enough, the issue is that the media have conditioned us all to want to see replays of anything that we think is controversial. If we didn't... <laughs> tell you what I'm sick of? Fucking close-ups of players when the ball is Super in play. Super slow-mos. Mm. I hate it. <laughs> Although, to be honest, last week, we would have lost the game if it wasn't for VAR with the referee giving that giving a penalty for Rouse making call a great it. tackle. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, right. sorry. You're yeah. right. I remember that yeah. one. You're right. But and you win some, Yeah, but then why that. didn't they check the offside with Cissé? What's changed? Yeah, it took, what, three it's minutes ridiculous. to check Taggart being offside and then the Cissé anyway, one got ten seconds. VR is shit. The We're only difference is we spend millions of dollars on VAR. Nothing's changed. Still, yeah. I'm at a stage where I like watching the... worse. I like watching the Premier League now because there's no VAR. And I'm not sure when the Premier League are going to get the VAR, but hopefully it's not soon. The politicians in our game like to tell us that in Europe it's all working fine, but I was watching Juve versus Empoli the other day, and they were it was absolute bollocks in that as well. Yes, where is it? It's in it's in Italy. Apparently in Germany. It's in every. It's in Italy, Germany. Is it in Spain? Yeah, it's in Spain. They made a lot of changes in Germany to it because Barcelona. Barcelona got a pen from the VAR in the. Classico, so it's in Spain. So it's it's pretty much everywhere except England. Anyway, Brisbane Knicks, nil all. I didn't watch it. I don't know how this was nil all. It was there were so it, many bloody chances it was in this probably, game. Besides the last game of the round, I thought it was probably the best game of the round. Yeah, and even it though that, to be even the nil, nil. there was no goals. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Knicks dominated like the first half. I was like, how the hell are Wellington dominating this? And they just somehow didn't get the goal out of it. And Brisbane sort of came back into it second half and... I saw no one the, could get it in the back of the net. That I saw much. who the uh, commentary team was and decided not to watch. Oh, good lord! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> how does, how does Nick Mute. Meredith get a full game? It's insane. Oh but god. what about Stephen Taylor's miss? That was what. That was oh, that was amazing. Post. That's what really screwed the Knicks. That was a classic central defense. That was within the six yard box, wasn't it? Yes. All he had to do was wow. just side foot it. He just had to side foot it, and he's just scuffed it and hit the post. Side foot it out. into an open net, and then he reckoned it went off his heel and then just hit the post. Laura's gone quiet after we pegged him out. <laughs> you alright? What are we talking about again? He's taking his glasses off. You're in my right? garage and we're doing the podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, Taylor. <laughs> You've got a live mic. Don't say anything. No, no. I just thought we mentioned that an hour ago when I was talking about how strikers don't finish. Taylor was one of them. <laughs> yes. So was Taggart. Yes, no, you're right. But, I mean, Knicks, Knicks are going to be, I think, they're not going to come last, which makes it hard to pick who will come last. I we're think, Sydney at the moment. I think yeah, it's... Yeah, Wanderers are yeah. not very good. Well, like Marcus Babel said, they're the worst <laughs> team league. in the league. So <laughs> that's what your coach wants. That's what your players want to hear when Harsh your coach truth. does it. Right. Uh, victory, Perth. Game of the round. 2-3. Perth winning that one. That's insane. Victory are the only team without a point. Victory in bottom. Victory none from two, and it's glorious. Perth looked pretty good for it, though. Yes. Yeah, we said they would be. Yeah. Very I good. think I think everyone's sort of got that right about Perth being or looking pretty good and should be pretty high up on the table. Yeah, I mean, they would have been probably disappointed last week uh, with the draw against the Wanderers, but they showed this week that, and this is what I sort of said last week, it's Tony Popovich has got a big job on his hands to get rid of all the curses that have been hanging over them pretty much since the A-League started about the away travel and all that sort of stuff. And they definitely did that on the well, weekend. They just, they, they've won an away game. Yeah, I mean, they, they look like they were about to sort of bottle it in the end, um, but they probably got a little bit too comfortable, 2 nil up. Victory, obviously, being the champions, still a good side when they want to be. Get back into it, and then, yeah, I mean, Perth put it out of nowhere, really. We have to mention Stormy celebrating a goal by himself and then realising every 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 one of his teammates were back at halfway. 
waiting for the kickoff to, to kick for the game to start again. And he was sort of just like fist pumping and Slightly then he realised that no one was there with him. And what Slightly was he old. doing when that ball came over for Keo? Not much. Not a lot. He was looking Watching in the, the other sort of what Neither was any of their defenders. He I mean, for it. He's got no excuse of who he's working with though because he's got Honda. Because he's pretty much always... Honda's always showing for the ball when he's got it on the right. Mm. So he's got no excuse. But he did get an assist in the last week. So And that was a quality cross. Yeah. So. Right. A um, couple of points. George Blackwood, broken shoulder. After colliding with Glenn Moss, I saw the I saw that. Oh, it, it was a bloody hard fall, wasn't it? And it didn't was, look good at all. And it was never a pen because I mean everyone was sort of complaining of oh, but it was never a pen. It's you know a fifty-fifty ball. Shit happens. That's all that is. Good summation. That's all right, that is. FFA Cup Sydney Adelaide is on tonight in our hours time. I am biased of thinking of us and saying. We play Adelaide at a good time on Sunday because they're going to be having to play three games in what nine days. Yeah. So they might be a bit fatigued, and we might um, might sneak one on Sunday. Hopefully, with with, uh, with them being um, being a bit tired from the final. I think uh, probably knowing Marco Kurtz, the, his sort of style, he'll definitely want to win tonight, and uh, he'll want a bit of revenge uh, for round one. Um, as well, um, when he probably felt like they got stitched up a little bit. So I think he's he's going to play his strongest eleven, which is not that strong at the moment, which is sort of unfortunate for them because I mean they've obviously got no Blackwood now. Diawara's very hit and miss. They've got I can't they've got no goals in them. But if they, they get a little bit of luck, then I think Sydney have ridden theirs. If you think about mm. Sydney's two goals against Western Sydney and the one that wasn't given to Western Sydney, both the Sydney goals came from scrappy play where balls weren't cleared properly and they ended up back in the box and they scored off both of them. Yep. Lucky. Anyway. All right. Well, here comes the Aiden O'Neill interview. Again, he is drinking a banana milkshake. We're back after the interview. Oh, we're joined by new recruit, Aidan O'Neill. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. That's good. Now, first question is a tough one. Do you scrunch or fold? No, definitely scrunch. Way oh, easier. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Not That's another scruncher. <laughs> yeah. I've got a friend. Too lazy to fold it up, eh? Yes, thank you. You've got stuff to do. You've got no time to fold. Yeah, no, I just got to get it done. <laughs> Don't dwell on it. I just, I just love how every nah. Aussie knows what we're talking about. As soon as we talk to anyone from overseas, they have no idea what the hell we're talking about. We have to tell them what, it, what yeah, we're talking nah, about. Yeah, nah, I'm Aussie at heart, definitely. People like Roy O'Donovan couldn't figure it out. Mike Charlesworth. Well, even the gaffer has been here for how long and he yeah. didn't even know what Can we're talking about. Can you explain it for us, please? <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have to sit there awkwardly and explain what we're talking about. <laughs> Right, second question. Do you keep your sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? Oh, cupboard. Uh, yes. I don't. I don't keep it cold. And it's it is master foods. Have you read the I label? It's master foods, is it? <laughs> yeah, definitely master foods. Good man. <laughs> Where do you keep your cornflakes? Just um, go into a, just in case you keep them in the freezer. Nah, cornflakes are always um, in in the cupboard as well. Well, don't tell the gaffer that because he keeps his in the freezer. He does. Yeah, you yeah. can ask. You should ask yeah, him about that. 
Wait, why is he keeping in the freezer? Well, you'd have to ask him that. We didn't understand it either. He recommends it, though. I've been trialling it at home. Yeah, is it good? Oh, I haven't really noticed much difference. I did ask him whether or not uh, he needed the milk frozen with it, but he insisted it was just the cornflakes. But I noticed they were cold, but that was about it. So I don't know what he's about yet. <laughs> That's a new one. I didn't know about that. Good for him. He's unique anyway. All right. On to football matters. Um, you made your starting uh, de- debut on the weekend, and to be honest, you made probably the biggest impact of one of our players. How did you rate your performance and the, and the team overall? Um, yeah, I thought my performance was yeah pretty good. Um, but, you know, as a team, I think we're going to grow into this season and definitely improve with and without the ball. More so on the weekend in the second half, probably with the ball. Um, and keeping it better so we don't have to uh, defend as much because not many people enjoy defending that much. But, um, watching it. It's yeah, and we want to make make sure the fans enjoy the football we play as well and get results because that's what football is about, winning. You must be pretty happy with your performance on the weekend considering the injury that uh, you picked up in pre-season against Sydney Olympic, I think it was. Yeah, it was um, pretty disappointing to pick up an injury uh, in pre-season when I came over. Obviously, just affected my fitness quite a bit. Um, and couldn't obviously start the game in Brisbane and having to come off as well the other day just because of uh, my lungs blowing up really. But uh, yeah, I felt really good and um, hopefully once I get a few runner games, you know, I'll be I'll be fine in the late later stages of the game. So on the weekend, Ross got us that first goal to take the one uh, 0 time lead, and I thought we played pretty well in the first half. But it felt like the second half, City sort of got on top. Of it. What do you think went wrong in those last 20, 25 minutes that ultimately ended up with them scoring late? Um, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I reckon, yeah, definitely the first half performance was a lot better than the second. Um, it's it's hard because we're up one nil and we sort of sat back a little bit and we just couldn't. Couldn't really get up the pitch with much ball possession at all, and and they were on top of us, and they were they were turning on a little bit towards the end. Um, but you know that comes with experience as well, and we got a young side at the moment. But we'll Bears <laughs> is making me laugh here. Yeah, I was thinking there'd be a bit of background piss taking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll grow into this season, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll grow into this season and uh, they'll be definitely in the... <laughs> Stop it, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is making me laugh too much. What's he doing? Um, <laughs> you're making faces. But yeah, but... Ask him when he started. Said, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> Oh, you've got him there. Has he taken up uh, um, Matt Nash's yeah, we'll coaching clinic throughout yet? the or season? Not? Definitely. So, what about? Um, do you think in the first seventy minutes, when I thought we were pretty good, do you think we executed executed Mike Mulvey's game plan pretty well during that time, um, uh, or do we need to improve on our holding and more possession? Um, I think yeah, it'll come the more games because obviously it's the second game of the season and. You know, I think a lot of the teams are, are just getting to grips with other teams and 
you know, in this league, one thing I've seen watching the games is that anybody can be anybody, really. It's not like other leagues around the world where, they, you know, there's a there's a lot of money in some teams and, and not so much in others. Um, but, yeah, I thought we executed the, the game plan really well in the first half. And maybe as players, we could have worked on it a bit better on the sec- in the second half. So, coming to the Mariners, was that a choice or was it, like, Last-minute desperation. Um, I wouldn't call it last-minute desperation. Nah. <laughs> um, I had a, I had quite a few other offers I could have pursued. Um, but yeah, I thought it was the right time to come back to Australia and and show Australians what I can do over here. Um, because you know sometimes when you're playing in League One. It's good football, but it's it's a lot different, and you're not really in the international setup at all, or under the eye every game. So you sort of you can go disappearing a little bit. So that's one thing I really wanted to do. I wanted to come back to Australia and play in the A League. So the lower leagues in England are quite physical. Is that is that like are you finding the same out here? Um, yeah, they're very physical. Uh, but even I, I used to get smashed quite a bit. Um, over there in League One, some of the games, you know. But uh, yeah, they're very, they're very physical, and there's a lot of um, experienced players that have dropped down from the Championship and even the Premier League. So the standards are a lot better than people in Australia think um, in League One. Maybe not so much League Two, but definitely in League One. There's some pretty bloody good teams there. So just on the League One, uh, your experience in League One, so you're at uh, Oldham and Fleetwood. How was your experience there? What did you sort of learn about yourself playing for those sides in League One? Um, at Oldham, I was 18, and I'd just come off the back of making my Premier League debut, uh, which isn't easy for a young kid, you know. It's pretty hard not to let it get to your head and stuff like that. But uh, And obviously going to Oldham, they were coming rock bottom in League One and they were looking as if they were going to go down. So that experience for me was sort of made me grow up very, very quickly. I was in a man's world and, you know, we are playing for people's livelihoods and people's mortgages, um, which is one thing the A-League probably doesn't have over the leagues in England. And yeah, that was really tough, but and thankfully we got out of it. That for me was like a, quite a big achievement in my career. Playing League One at eighteen, that'd be a pretty tough introduction to professional football as well. Yeah, it, it definitely was. You know, I was playing against people who who obviously knew that I'd made my debut in the Premier League, and they saw this young kid, you know, who's buzzing on it, buzzing on life, and so excited he's just played in the Premier League and then coming on loan still buzzing around the place and they just wanted to smash me and just bring me down a peg um, which was good for me and then we obviously ended up staying up and it was yeah it was awesome very good experience and so you made your Burnley debut um, in the Premier League against Liverpool um, winning 2-0 that must have been like a dream come true to play in a game against a club like Liverpool and be also in the winning side yeah you know you when Burnley came up against Liverpool in that game, I was thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I might get in the 24-man squad. And I might be able to watch Liverpool turn it on. And then when I was on the bench, oh, the excitement was ridiculous. And 
and then obviously getting put on when we're up two nil was yeah something else pretty pretty amazing really. So you were born and raised in Brisbane, and uh, last week Mike Mulby told us that he knew of you in your youth days. Uh, can you just explain to us how how you managed to slip through the A League system and sort of end up in England? Um, yeah, well, when I was younger, my parents were always uh, moving over to England. Um, and then I just sort of jumped on it. They were saying, oh, do you want to come over and play football over there? So I was like, yeah. So we went over there really young, which is, you know, it's pretty unusual for a kid to Australia to go over that young. There's only been a handful. That's probably why I slipped through, because it was a bit younger than most people go, if they go. Um, yeah, that's probably the reason I slipped through. And probably wasn't good enough, you know. <laughs> so had you... When you were over there, had you ever heard from the from the FFA about sort of like a senior call-up? Because obviously you've played for the Young Soccer Roos, but sort of in the last maybe couple of years, have you have you sort of heard anything? Um, not for the senior at the moment, um, but hopefully with the performances, um, I hope to put in for um, the Mariners that you know I do get recognition for that, and you know if. If Graham Arnold wants me in that squad, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be bloody buzzing around the place. So, uh, how did the loan move to the Mariners sort of come about? Was was it Mulvey who approached you to come over and play in, back home in Australia? Um, yeah, obviously the Gaffer and then um, Dick Montgomery have all been over in England. And then also uh, Mike Taylor has been involved with the club now as well. So there's quite a lot of people who have been over to England and they know what it's about and they know how it works over there. Um, so yeah, that's how it all started and just phone call and message and then a few people at Burnley knew uh, Nick Montgomery as well and uh, it all just really went from there and then, you know, I landed in the coast and I was pretty impressed. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. And so just on uh, club stuff, uh, Burnley you might describe as a reason a, a, a smaller club in England. Um, what could what do you think the Mariners could uh, learn from Burnley? Um, as in club-wise? Yeah. You know, small club to small club kind of thing. We're a small club in Australia. They're a fairly small fish in a big, big pond over there. Yeah, I mean... Probably the best thing about being a small club is you're the underdogs for everything. Everybody underestimates you. And I think that is a very, very good position at times to be in because nobody really cares. They don't think anything of you. And then the other teams, you know, they may think they're a lot more than we are, but really they're exactly the same. Okay, with the game coming up this weekend, what against Adelaide, what preparations have you guys been doing or is that sort of later in the week that you deal with um, the upcoming match? Yeah, so later on in the week, um, in the next couple of days, we'll start doing preparation and, <clears throat> yeah, what, how are we going to play the game and, and how we're going to hopefully pick up the three points. What, what do you think about the intensity of training sessions? I was actually at training last Thursday and again this morning, and uh, it looks like there's a you know real good feel amongst the boys. There's there's plenty of um, banter and uh, 
all of that kind of thing going on there, uh, as well as the intensity of the training. What do you, what do you think about it? He's just finished his uh, yeah, banana milkshake. Actually, yeah, I haven't I? Could you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, the training's really intense, and that's one thing the gaffer wants us. You know, we can have a laugh and a joke, but if training's not on it, then, you know, that laughing and joking, it, it shouldn't be happening. But the training is intense, so, you know, we're allowed to have a laugh and a joke here and there and, you know, enjoy enjoy being in each other's company because when we come together as a team, you know, that can be the, the difference between winning and losing games and, you know, doing a lot better than this season than we did last season. So how have you found the additions of uh, McCormack and Orr into the side? Obviously, Tommy Orr's played for the Socceroos and Ross McCormack has scored bucket loads of goals in the championship, which, of course, is a pretty great level of football to play at. How have they been at training and, and playing with them? Yeah, you know, they fitted in basically the day they came. Um, they're really good really good guys, and I think we can all learn something off both of them. Um, they've had a lot of experience in football, and... You know, I can definitely learn a lot from from those two and other players in the team. Um, so yeah, they're really good additions to the to the team for sure. Yeah, I just got a couple of fan questions here. This one's from Justin. What does uh, what do you think of the coast and our team? Uh, what do I think of the coast? It's um, it's probably one of the best spots in in Australia, I reckon. Um, I've never been here. This is the first time I've been here, and I'm loving it. And um, and the team, all the boys top guys, um, all the coaching staff, yeah, it's a really good team. Okay, next one's from Luke. Uh, what do you feel your best position is in the team? Where do you feel like you could add the most, I guess? Goalkeeper. <laughs> Are you a bit of a piss? Um, <laughs> that's not hard, is it? <laughs> um... Nah, I would say that about PSC. Nah, uh, probably, yeah, I like playing whatever, anything, anywhere in the midfield. Um, I don't really have my a favourite position I like to play, but yeah, I like to be in the centre center of the pitch in the midfield. I think what us fans noticed about the uh, the game this well, last weekend was your, your combination growing with uh, Tommy Yardier in the uh, pivot role, DM pivot roles. How do you think that partnership's going to go over the season? Yeah, um, he's actually a really good player. I knew, you know, from the first training session that, uh, that there was something about Tommy. And, um, yeah, I think if we build up a, a partnership, you know, that could be uh, really strong and good for the team, you know, whoever goes in there. Because that's one thing the gaffer is really big on as well. Um, if you're not playing, you know, that's just as important as the players that are playing because we're all in it together and... and uh, being together as a team, you know, that's one big thing. The gap is he's huge on it, and uh, that can be the difference. As I said, who's the practical joker in the team then? If you like, if you like, practical around. joker. I don't know. Pierce's got a bit about him actually. He's he's, he's, he's pretty year. funny. Last season we got Hooli as an answer a lot. <laughs> yeah, Hooli, Hooli's. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty funny as well actually. All right, uh, one last one from the fans, and then we'll probably call it. Um, have you bought FIFA or Football Manager? <laughs> I hate FIFA. I really dislike it. Is it because he stacks so low? I haven't played or? it in 
in about <laughs> I haven't played it in about five years. Are my stats that low? I don't even know what my stats are. Oh, okay. We'll have to check. That, that's how much I take take notice of that sort of stuff. Oh, right. You know, I don't. Ball. Yeah, nah. FIFA's not for me. Fair enough. Really don't like it. And, and footy manager, I don't even know what that is either. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, we really appreciate. Nah, you're good. And all the best for this weekend. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You good luck, mate. Play well. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I will. <laughs> right, quick preview round. Uh, Melbourne City at home against Sydney FC. Well, because Sydney are playing tonight and they've only got, what, two days between games, uh, I might go with City on this one at home. Oh, two, yeah. da- two days and playing on the Friday. Yeah, but, yeah three days, whatever. Yeah. I'd be going with Sydney on this one myself. I think Sydney are the only team that's shown any real form in the scoring department, and that'll probably matter. And Luke's gone on the dunny. Wellington <laughs> Phoenix at home against West Sydney. Um, Surely Nick's are going to do this one. I'm going to go with draw. Do you reckon West Sydney will bring Wellington down to their level? Possibly. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence and say draw, but if anyone's going to win it, it's probably going to be Nux. Wellington at home, but yeah, it's a nothing. Nothing. Nothing for either team there. Okay, Jets, victory. Remax, re, rematch. Rematch. Rematch of the grand final. Uh, victory are 0 for 2, so if they want to get their season going, um, they're going to have to... Yeah, I think they're a more complete game. team that just haven't worked out playing together at the moment, I guess. The combinations just aren't there at the moment. Yeah. But once they figure it out, they should be fine. Yeah. I, I I never like tipping them, so I'm going to have to go victory. And to me, neither team has got much in the front third yet. So I'm going to draw. Perth against Brisbane. That's it, Perth too. So That's at 10 o'clock our time, Saturday night. So... Um, I'm going to go Perth at home. Me too. Yeah, they're informed too. And then we finish off the round against Adelaide. Well, we've got Adelaide playing tonight in our favour, so um, we've got an advantage there. I'd like to say we're winning, but I don't want to draw again, so I'm just going to say us for the sneaky sneaky 2-1. I think we can get it together for the win. Yep, I'm going for enough improvement um, for us to get the win against a slightly depleted Adelaide. Looks back. Hurry up, mate. Get to your mic and give us your prediction for Sunday. No, we don't. We don't care. Oh, I just said us two one. You bloody scabber. Right. Well, thank you for listening. Sorry, this episode's <laughs> been a bit weird. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you to sidelines and thank you for listening. Yeah.